We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. episode was coming we just had to delay it a little bit because uh you know big news was coming what's going on everybody welcome into episode number 126 of the outside the box podcast right here on underground sports philadelphia kb and dom on the voice line as always make sure you check out our awesome merch provider design tree that's dsgntree.com search outside the box get your merch you know, the rad lax dads are rocking our merch. You should be rocking our merch. Use the promo code DSGN5 at checkout. You'll save $5 off your first purchase. And then, of course, I'm rocking mine right now. They came just before the NFL draft this weekend. And uh, I can already see a difference with me staring at screens. And that's our friends at Tomahawk Shades. They've got the regular sunglasses, the blue light plus glasses, and a ton more on their website. And when you go to check out, use our promo code, help us pay some bills, USP at checkout. You're going to save yourself 25% off your entire purchase. It's the best promo code that they have out there. And uh, before we get into the big news, because we haven't done an episode since all of this has gone down, but Tomahawk Shades has signed a new lacrosse player, quote unquote, to their team as an athlete and as an investor in the company, and that is Chris Hogan, make sure you check out how all that de- that entire deal went down. It was really cool to watch that kind of come to light and uh, might have some stuff on the horizon with Chris Hogan, so stay tuned. That's why you should be following us on social media at OTB Laxpot on Twitter and Instagram. But Dom, the big news, and this is why we waited to record, because big stuff like this happens all the time, and that is uh, Michael Sowers has made his decision and according to Ty Zanders from Inside Lacrosse, this broke late last night. Michael Sowers finished up his Princeton career as the all-time leading scorer in program history. And now, in 2021, he's going down south to play for the Blue Devils. He's going to Duke University. It's a pro lacrosse player factory out there. He's going to be coached by the Team USA head coach. He's going to be playing with some of the best players in the country. I mean, he is one of the best players in the country. So, And he's going to tear the NCAA apart, just like he should have done this year. It's it's going to be ridiculous to watch. Duke is going to be way too good. They're obviously <laughs> – we're talking almost a year from now, but they are the very, very early season favorite. Um, very, very early preseason favorite in my opinion, and I like Maryland. So, you know, that kind of says a lot. Yeah, I mean, you've got – 
I'd say right now on paper, powerhouses with Duke, Syracuse bringing literally everybody back as those announcements have started to roll out. And then obviously Penn State outside of Grant running it back full-blown. Those three teams on paper look like they're going to absolutely thrash everybody up and down the NCAA. Maryland is probably going to be in the mix as well. And, you know, Michael Sowers going to Duke. He's going to – this is all pending admission and everything, but um, multiple sources confirmed that with Inside Lacrosse this weekend. And he's expected to enroll in a one-year business program in Duke's grad school. Um, But, I mean, just adding the caliber of player he is for one year to a program that's already disgusting outside of the month of February – you you can't ask for much more if you're a Duke lacrosse fan. You're now going to have Michael Sowers tearing it up and and helping this team potentially win a, a national championship. And you're adding him to, like you said, the Team USA head coach is down there. He's going to get a jump start with him and the. But you you uh you said he he's going into a business program. Yeah, one year business program. According look to at him, look at him investing in his brand. He knows yep. what he's going to do once he gets out of college. He's trying to make the necessary adjust or the necessary life choices to ensure that he will be a professional lacrosse player and be successful at it. He's going to do it right. This is the Ivy League brain you're talking about. So, you know. He's gonna he's gonna tear it up, and then he's gonna do the right things to make sure that he stays, you know, relevant and and invest in his brand and 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 do whatever he has planned post college. Exactly, and whether that's you know going pro or just like you said, creating just a brand for himself. Yeah, he he's doing the right it, thing. It's nice to see that a lot of guys decided to come back too. Mm-hmm. I um, think that was we kind of talked the opposite, right? Yeah, we, I kind of I kind of had. The take where it was like, I think a lot of these guys may take the, make the jump if they mm-hmm. if they have the opportunity. But you see a lot more saying, "Never mind," you know, "I'm gonna I'm gonna chill back and 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 play my last year." So that's I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, we've really only seen two guys confirm mm-hmm. that they're declaring to go pro. Um, and you know, Michael Sowers at the beginning of the month, April 9th, was when he entered the transfer portal after he found out that he was going to like not be able to withdraw and re-enroll at Princeton. And, um, you know, that's something that had been done before in the Ivy League. You know, Rob Pinnell did the same thing in 2012. Um, But, I mean, he received, according to Ty's article, he received over two dozen Division I programs and – I believe it's trying to recruit him to come. And I guess he was going up and down, you know, with the programs that fit him best. And uh, Ty also says he was, you know, building relationships with coaches over the phone and on Zoom, all while finishing up his 100 page thesis paper at Princeton. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, that's. You wonder why I decided not to play college. (laughs) Like, I would not. I'm, I'm not. I don't have the mental capacity to like do anything like that. No. If I was if I was taking my college math courses and trying to play at the same time and teach, nah. There's nah no I don't way have the capacity to do all that. I barely have the capacity to coach and teach. 
So, <laughs> so you know, big ups to him though, man. He's got a great head on his shoulders. Yeah, and I mean, you look at this this season when it was cut short. Princeton had played five games; they were five and zero, and Sowers and was are, averaging just under ten points per game. Yeah, he was balling. He was really balling. He had that, uh, and it wasn't just scoring. You know, that's that's the that's not the first part in his game. What everybody always talks about with Michael Sowers is not just his dodging, but his passing ability. He's a great feeder, and and that's what you need to do when you play behind the net at X. As the X attackman, you're a feeder first. That's what I was always taught, and I think that's that's something that can make you a better attackman anyway. And Michael Sowers kind of shows that. Focus on the footwork. Focus on making sure you got the right passing options, and then the goals will come, and, and you see it all happen all the time. His assist to goal ratio was just a tick under two to one. Thirty one yeah. assists to his sixteen goals. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of how you should live your life, right? Every goal you put in, you should be assisting another two. And you're adding that talent to a Duke team that is seeing a bunch of fifth year seniors coming back. They and still have Nakai, right? I'm pretty sure. And Jeez. they've got young guys like Dyson Williams from this year, who was a freshman, who had 25 goals and five assists in the shortened season. Um, JP Basil, as a junior this year, who had 19 points, who played in six of their eight games. And they have Joe Robertson coming back from a season ending ACL injury, who in 2019 had 42 goals and 17 assists for Duke. Yeah, I think Duke was slept on a little bit this year because, well, Duke always has the same thing every single year where they start the year off very slowly and they drop games to like lower tier D1 teams all the time. And and it's kind of like a thing that people say, like, don't bet on Duke early, but don't bet against Duke mm-hmm. late. Like it takes them like a quarter of the season to a third of the season in the beginning to like get into gear and actually start playing their games. Hopefully that's not the case now. And I think, uh, like this is almost like a free agency. Yeah. It's like, it's like LeBron free agency when Michael Sowers said, you know, I'm coming back to the NCAA. So, you know, Duke probably went all in and was like, yo, like let's make a push and let's do it this year. Right. They've got a lot, like you said, they got a lot of guys coming back, some big guys, right. Some studs. So, and if Nakai is still there, I think that will be Michael's favorite guy to pass to. And let's like, not forget, yeah. they've got the number one senior recruit coming in in Brennan O'Neill from St. Anthony's High School in Long Island. Dude, oh, I forgot Brennan O'Neill's going to Duke. Oh my God, that attack line's going to be absolutely insane. And they have holy, oh yo, they have an incoming class that's going to feature five other top fifty seniors. No, dude, I forgot about that. You know why? I've I've heard about, like, I've been reading and watching stuff about Brendan O'Neill for, like, the past few years. I already feel like he's in college, but he's not. Yep. Like, he's he, had, been he had initially committed to Penn State, and then he flipped yeah. to Duke in 2018. He he was one of, like, he's been one of the hottest prospects for a couple years now. And, and he's finally going to be in college, which is crazy to think about. But now he's going to go team up on the same attack line with Michael Sowers. Yeah, yeah, Duke just became even more favorite in my eyes now that's oh god pre 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 preseason favorites 
And, you know, does this change the mind of a guy like JT Giles Harris, who is planning to play football? Does he yeah. now play lacrosse for that fifth year and, and run it back with the rest of this team that is going to be just a juggernaut? I don't know. I don't know, dude. That's that's a good question. Well, wait, isn't in the NCAA, like, you can only do four years of the same sport at the same school? And then the fifth year is different? Or what's, what's the eligibility rules? I forget a, that. He's a senior who would fall under the... Uh, oh, he would get his year of eligibility right. still, right? Like, ew, that's uh, that's interesting. There's a, there's a lot of interesting things that could go on this season. Yeah, you have Dyson Williams coming back. He'll be a sophomore next year. Uh, if Riley Walsh decides to come back for that fifth year, he's a senior. Um, you know, I'm looking at this roster right now and it is loaded Mm -hmm. and you're adding Michael Sowers to it. You're adding six top 50 freshmen. I don't want to say it now, but Duke looks like they could be just the early front runners and, and really do some historic type things with the way that they could run this team next year. Literally just been saying that the entire show, man. I completely agree. And I, th- I think a lot of people are going to be saying the same thing. A lot of people are going to be saying the same thing. Which then also adds a, t- a ton of pressure to them to live up to the bill and, and not kind of fall into, you know, all the hype and, and let that be a letdown for them as well. They, they're going to have to step up to the plate and really – you know, yeah, yeah, down yeah. And, and prove that they are going to be this force and that they can do, you know, a ton of historical things with the guys that are going to be on this team. Yeah, you know, you never want to be the, the team to be that that favorite and not live up to that hype. Right. But I think I think they've got players and they've they've got the right coaching staff. Donowski yeah. is just an absolute legend of the game. And and I think that he of all people, I think is the best equipped to deal with the level of like player power and star power that his roster is kind of made up with mm-hmm. right now. Right. The only other guy I could think of is Desco over at Syracuse. But yeah, I mean, as of right now, like I think Duke was Duke is the best place and, and the, like the best scenario for like this kind of team to kind of form around. Do you want to talk about getting somebody into watching NCAA lacrosse next year? Tell them to watch Duke. Just tell them to watch Duke. Tell them to watch Syracuse and tell them to watch Penn State with the going into notion that it's not always going to be like this. But next year, college lacrosse is going to be absolutely insane, especially well, between those three teams. You throw Maryland in there as well. Maryland, Virginia. Uh, I don't even know if you can count Hopkins right now. Right, because the you don't know the coaching situation. Hopkins kind of falling off. Um, I th- I think uh, Virginia can still be in there in the in that discussion, even though mm-hmm. they lost some of their seniors. Um, but I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with some of the big names. You know, you're gonna you're gonna see. You're going to see Penn State. You're going to see Syracuse. You're going to see Duke. 
Notre Dame will probably be up there. Mm-hmm. I know they always do it. They always do a good job of recruiting. Notre Dame will probably have a good team. They'll be solid. Uh, I'm trying to think. Ohio State will probably be solid. I have to look at. I have to look at recruiting and, and mm-hmm. rosters and stuff like that. But and that's going to um, be an interesting thing too. You know, when it comes to recruiting the not lesser guys, but you know, guys that are going to fill out the roster and you hope that they develop and you know, kind of you know, feed through your system. Now that Michael Sowers is going there next year, how does that change some guys' decisions potentially? Do they say yeah you the, know, the sub the sub top twenty guys in each position like yeah like what what are we gonna do to fill out the rosters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Especially with all these schools like we've mentioned, the big three so far with Duke, Syracuse, and Penn State having all these fifth year seniors come back. How is that yeah. going to affect how they recruit for? you know, this incoming class and how does that incoming class kind of view their opportunities when you it comes may see, to those schools? You may see a bunch of uh, mid-tier schools, mm-hmm. you know, get some steals on some players because some schools just don't have the roster space to make it open for some of these guys right. to come in. So you may see a couple other schools in a, in a few years – go up the power rankings just because they've had that kind of uh, recruitment mm-hmm. of some players, right? Like, look, we've got a young squad. This is our year to do it. it you're not going to see dynasties, but you're going to see the occasional odd school pop up now in the playoffs because because of what's happening right now. Right. And it, it just shook up the recruiting like kind of circuit. And looking at Duke's roster, uh, Nikai will be a senior next year. Yeah. Oh my God. Duke is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Duke is Duke is crazy. One school I'm keeping an eye on when it comes to Syracuse and how their recruiting might get affected. Not that they're a a lesser known school, but I'm keeping an eye on Stony Brook. It's right down the line. You know, it's still in New it's York. On the island. Channy's the assistant coach there. You know, has yeah. the professional connections and everything. They've got a great coaching staff at Stony Brook, and I think that's a school that has history with players, you know, Kevin Crowley has played. There's a ton of, you know, big-name guys that have come out of Stony Brook that you can use as a a recruiting pitch to say, hey, you know, if you don't think you're going to get onto Syracuse's roster, we're right down the lane on Long Island. Come and play. You're still in New York. Yeah, come come down south. Yeah, come down south in New York and and go to the island instead. But – um. You'll see teams like that, like Stony Brook, Hofstra. Mm-hmm. Uh, those teams are going to get more guys. They're going to get more top tier guys than they normally do. Like I don't know. You'll, you'll probably. I mean, Towson has kind of been in the mix for the last few years. They they're a couple big big recruits away mm-hmm. from you know making that push. Um, trying to think. High Point has been kind of like another like dark horse team every now and then they'll go out and beat some big name teams. They've got good guys. Well, I don't know. Asher Nolting, I think is getting, getting up there now. I think he's a, he's a senior. Maybe he might be. That's the one thing. I don't think high point ever gave him enough help. Mm -hmm. He was one of the hot, he was one of the hottest recruits like coming out his senior year of high school. Yeah. He'll be a senior next year. Yeah, so you know maybe maybe they go and get a couple guys. I don't know. And I mean that's that's another 
not smaller school, but you know they have pro representation now because Timmy Troutner did what he did in the PLL last year. Yeah, but it's just tough now. Like when you have some of these guys now that are seniors, like you mm-hmm. only really have one class to build a team around them. Right. And most people have already committed to a school by now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so it's it's tough unless you see somebody transfer like in the middle of the school year, but I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah, that so, rarely happens in yeah. lacrosse, especially. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, that'll be tough. You may see high point dip off. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of any other schools that we could see get a spike in recruiting just because of everything going on right now. Um, Maybe a team like Michigan. Yeah. That's, you know, like kind of like a newer Division One program than, you know, not as established. Uh, you may see a couple MCLA clubs start, you know, moving in towards mm-hmm. the NCAA because they have a better chance at recruiting now. If you're out west, Utah, another growing program. Mm-hmm. Um, and even back in New York, too. If you want to stay up north, Albany's right there. Go play with Tahoka for mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. And Albany always, always has a good vibe around the team they're coached mm-hmm. well they have a good team atmosphere um that's always going to be they're always going to be a place to like kind of bring in some some recruits and they they have a good relationship with the iroquois nationals yeah. and uh so you know you'll see you'll see a lot of guys go and play albany there mm-hmm. uh and that and that's always a nice recruiting you know platform for them like look you'll get to play with these great players right. and elevate your game and you know we'll be able to play the game a little bit differently than everybody else um i don't know i don't know who else i'm trying to think of other big schools and i'm even thinking you know next year when it comes to professional drafts now you're going to have guys like michael sowers in the same draft class as tohoka as yeah you know drake porter our our guy friend of the show is going back to syracuse he'll be in drafts next year um you know, you're going to have all the Penn State guys. We're still trying. I think we're still waiting to see what TD Ireland does. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, this we talked about this year being a historical, you know, professional draft class. Next year is going to be even more stacked, and we're going to see guys that would typically be first round picks fall, and you're going to get insane value in these drafts to build teams moving forward. It's going to make professional lacrosse that much more entertaining because of the guys that are going to be coming out of college next year headlined by michael sowers the penn state boys the syracuse guys and tahoka who was going to be you know a consensus top five pick i think by many now what does that do for for tahoka and how is he going to take you know his game to the next level to prove that like i still belong in that top three top five conversation yeah um, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the the kind of you know domino effect we get from all of this. Is not only is it going to you know mix up the college game next year, but the professional game is going to get that much deeper. What does it do for the PLL in terms of? expansion what to do with the ml it'll actually it'll it'll spread out the talent amongst the teams again mm-hmm. it'll it'll i i, I don't want to say that the 
league is already at a point where it doesn't have parity. Right. But it'll make it even more apparent now because, like, every team has a chance now at, at, at some bigger players, right? Um, I don't know. You probably It'll probably, you know, saturate a couple draft classes for a few years mm-hmm. and then you'll see you'll see it kind of re- resort back to normal but i think this will really be a benefit to some of the lower tier t- pll teams right and especially if they decide to expand you have a higher amount of talent coming into your draft it makes it easier for these teams to build and kind of establish themselves in the league as well yeah, it's going to be super interesting. I'm intrigued mostly to see how many teams kind of get expanded into the mm-hmm. PLL um, because I think the MLL is going to stay at the teams they have now. They're trying to just centralize everything. But the PLL has an opportunity now where they didn't want to grow too quickly, so they only added the Water Dogs this year. But next year with the talent coming in and potential for more guys making the jump over – or guys who didn't play professionally, um, you know, does that give them leeway to say, hey, let's add an eighth and ninth team to yeah. the league and add two at a time yeah. this year? Um, you know, and who knows if we'll we'll have a season or not, but we still don't know how, you know, these built-in bye weeks are going to work with the PLL because of it being a tour-based model. How is that going to fit in, knowing that there's an odd amount of teams? Um, but I think there's a a prime opportunity now for the PLL to say we're viewing an influx of talent that are going to be rookies next year. Let's open up some rosters. You know, they're shortening game day rosters too in the PLL from 20 to 18 next year. So you're going to have to be on your P's and Q's at an all new level to be able to get onto a game day roster and, and, prove week in and week out why you need to be an active player on game day. So, I mean, if they add an eighth and ninth team, I think it would be super smart just to get these guys on the field and and showcase the amount of talent that truly is in this league because the amount of guys that we didn't see play last year was Yeah, but at the the same time, you also want to keep the competitiveness with each team. And I feel like if you you – add too many teams too quickly and oversaturate it. Some people will become uh, complacent. Mm -hmm. You won't get the best possible product from all of your players, right? That's when you start seeing those like dynasty teams because there's certain teams that just want it more, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, if, If you keep the competitiveness within every single team, right? We've got, we've got how many teams now? We've got seven. Seven. So you've got seven teams with a saturated draft class coming in. That means every team is going to be extremely competitive for those roster spots, especially now that there's only eight per, per team. You know, certain coaches have, you know, their tendencies. You know, some like to stack the attack, some like to stack the midfield, some like to stack poles. You know what I mean? Archers so, carries two goalies on game day. Exactly. So, you know, you just have to. You, some players may be put into a position where they have to be more competitive, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's always good. We, we talk about that with, like, the Eagles, right? One of the, one of the things that the Eagles were so bad with last year was not having any competition amongst their players mm-hmm. uh, to the point where players weren't working on their game and they weren't playing well. And, 
you know, you saw the product on the field. And now everybody's saying, like, look, the Eagles have depth in certain places. They're going to be productive. You're going to see that in the PLL as well. Yeah, I'm super excited to just see how this all plays out and just to see who's going to be in this year's draft class. You know, we still don't know the entire like like we said earlier there's only two guys that have really declared that they're going pro we don't know when the draft is going to be happening uh because the pll did delay the start to their season a few weeks ago but Mm -hmm. um there's going to be a huge domino effect in terms of just recruiting in terms of professional drafts and you know does this also deter some guys who might have been on the brink of saying, you know, you know, I could take my game to the professional level, but because of the amount of guys that are going to be in these drafts for the next couple of years, does mm-hmm. that kind of sway them away from continuing their career because they know that there might not be that opportunity now? Yeah, but I feel like once you get to that point, I think that if if you have your 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 if you have your dreams kind of set on, mm-hmm. you know, making it professionally by the time you're a senior in college and you're playing at a top level D one school and all that other stuff, I think you, You'll find I think a way you make that it. final push. Yeah. I don't think you're like, Oh wow. There's a ton of people like, you know what I mean? Like, which could be could a benefit play, for the MLL now too. Yeah, that this is true. Um, but if you, if you've been playing at that high of the level and you know that you have a chance to make the PLL or, or, you know, you have that kind of inkling, you're going to try it. And if you don't make the PLL, like you said, the MLL is always there too, right? You can always still play professionally somewhere else. Showcase your talents for a year or two maybe. And then if you're catching the eye of, you know, businessman Paul Rabel and Mike Rabel, and you think you can make that jump and and stick to a roster in the PLL, then you declare for the expansion draft that I'm sure is going to be a fixture in the PLL for quite some time. Exactly. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. But before we get to the one little tidbit of PLL news we have, I told you guys at the top of the show, Dom wears them while he's streaming. I'm wearing mine right now. My Blue Light Plus glasses from Tomahawk Shades came in, and I can already tell the difference from when I'm you know, staring at a screen, whether it's my computer, my laptop, my phone, or even my Nintendo Switch, hashtag not a sponsor, my eyes feel like way more rested. There's not as much strain on them. Dom, when you're streaming, can have you been able to tell a difference rocking your blue lights? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. It's crazy. You know, it was one of I those actually, things. I was actually freaking out today because one of my eyes was hurting during my stream earlier, but I realized what it was, and it wasn't because of the glasses. I thought I was straining myself and staring at the screen for too long. I had a hat on, and that hat has one of these Ah. metal parts right here and it was pressing onto my head too hard and it was shooting right down into my sinus and giving me a pain right here in my eye once i switched the hat once i took the hat off dude everything was so much better it's it's one of those things where before i got them i was like all right how much of a difference is this going to make and then as soon as i started wearing them i was like wow my eyes feel like normal like they're not i've been getting better sleep yeah you get better sleep the blue light it's it's been shown that you know the the blue light emitted from all these electronic screens that we that we look at um it messes with your sleep it doesn't give you a a sound sleep as best as you should have and uh 
that's that's the biggest payoff with me. I've been having better sleep. Um, but like like you said, you uh, you asked yourself, um, how well do they work? Or is mm-hmm. it really going to make a difference? A ton of people have been asking me that ever since we've, you know, uh, started doing this uh, along with Tomahawk, and I'm like, dude, it makes a ton of difference. Like, trust me. And From then like, people, one, have gotten them and people have said the same thing. They've said the same exact thing. Like, since I've gotten them, like, it's been wonderful. It's been unreal. The quality of the glasses is second to none. Yeah. And it's all coming at an affordable price. Every and you're getting 25% off. Yeah. You know, it's already super affordable. And then Tomahawk Shades was like, hey, guys, we're going to help your listeners out. We're going to help your followers out. Here's here's a promo code for twenty five percent off at checkout. You're already yeah. getting a quarter of the price knocked off from the get go with the promo code USP at checkout. And not only do they have the blue light plus glasses, they've got regular sunglasses, they've got uh, you know partnership glasses. They're coming out with a, a whole line with Chris Hogan. Uh, our boy Greg Garenlian has a few uh, custom pairs on there. Kylie O'Miller has her own line. And, of course, the, the speed boys, Trevor Baptiste, to get that plus 10 in your speed attribute, are on there as well. Um, but the list goes on and on. They're partnered with Kyle Harrison, and, you know, we're fortunate to be, you know, part of the Tomahawk Shades family. And uh, help us out. Help us pay some bills. Promo code USP at checkout saves you 25% off. You get the sunglasses for your quarantine walks, staying six feet apart from everybody, but keeping your eyes protected from the sun. When you're staring at the screen doing your work from home, get those Blue Light Plus glasses. They've also got their own merch, T-shirts, hoodies, all that good stuff, hats. Uh, They've got watches. The list goes on and on. They're doing it big time with Tomahawk Shades. We're happy to be partnered up with them. And like we said, use that promo code USP at checkout. Saves you 25% off of your entire order. Tomahawk Shades, quality product, affordable price. Go get yours now. Yes, sir. We had one uh, nifty little trade go down recently, Dom, in the PLL between the Whip Snakes and your Chrome Boys. Uh, Max Tuttle, who earlier this offseason signed a two-year extension with the PLL, uh, is now going to play with the defending champs because Chrome shipped him off to the Whip Snakes in exchange for two defensemen in Foster Huggins and James Barclay. I really like this trade for both teams. The more I think about it, I really like it for Whip Snakes because their midfield was absolutely depleted in the uh, the expansion draft from the Water Dogs taking Drew Snyder, taking Ryan Drenner, taking Connor Kelly. Like the list of guys that they lost in their midfield was huge. And to add Max Tuttle, who scored five goals last year, I think was a one of the few bright spots for a down season for Chrome. Mm-hmm. Now going to play with the defending champs, work in the midfield, and be with you know Matt Rambo, be with guys that are going to produce. I think his game's going to get elevated to a new level, and he gets to play with Jim Stagnita now too. Yeah, great coach, great coach. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think both teams needed to address these specific spots. I said that right away, like when you sent me the text. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I don't have much to say about Chrome. 
I I had big hopes and dreams, but they got a new coaching staff now. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we'll we'll see something better, you know, this season out of them. Uh, it looks like they're trying to build from the back, right? They have all the guys up top already, so they're they're really trying to bolster that, you know, backfield and 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 defensive unit. So, uh, hopefully we see a change uh, whenever the PLL decides to to begin play. Uh, Chrome may come out a little bit different. And I think this is a good opportunity for Foster Huggins and James Barclay, too, because Whipsnakes retain their entire defense. They protected them all from being taken, and those two guys really didn't get a chance to see the field. I don't believe Foster Huggins yeah. played in a game last year for Whipsnakes, exactly. and James Barclay started six games for Whipsnakes last year. Um, so, I mean, these are two young defensemen. Both were in college in 2018, so last year they were both rookies. And exactly. I, they, need, they need more time, and this is the perfect opportunity for them with the perfect team to do so. Exactly, and I mean, James Barclay is a, a Hill Academy guy, so you know he has talent, and I think you know, giving them the opportunity to finally showcase their talents, not be you know stashed behind such an elite defense that Whipsnakes brings to the table, yeah. they're going to be able to really help this Chrome team from the back end, and like you said, they're building it from the back end now. And I think the way that they're building this team is the right way to do it because they already have guys like Jordan Wolf. They have they have Gutty in place on that offense. Now build up the, the positions where you were lacking last year and give those two guys that are going to be your focal points of your offense a lot more help from their production standpoint. You saw Gutty last year was the only player in the league to have two-plus goals in every single game. Only player yeah. in the league, which is just stupid but with that you know chrome has given up goals left and right and yeah he had no help outside of jordan I mean, wolf helping in there you know here and there simon matthias here and there the don't discredit ned crotty but yeah and ned crotty like but, th- those but guys like said, the production like they, they brought it was almost it instantly had the nullified power but it's offset by the defensive woes that they right. had to deal with all year it was almost instantly nullified, and for a good part of the season, too, for whatever reason, they were going back and forth with face-off guys, couldn't really set a tone for each possession, and yeah. as soon as we saw Connor Farrell really get a, a, a stranglehold on that position, that's when you saw more production from Chrome as a team, because somebody was finally getting in a groove to set the tempo for that possession. Mm-hmm. Now you're adding a defense that's going to have some consistency. You bring in two guys that were on the same team, are familiar with each other. Sure, they didn't play much, but they're going to have just that locker room chemistry to bring to a team that was not good last year, and these two guys were in a championship locker room. So I think adding that just mental aspect to the game is going to help this Chrome team exponentially in terms of just what it takes to win a championship in this league because these guys, although they didn't play much, they got to watch and see how everything went down on game day to make sure that you come away hoisting that trophy. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. I think it's an, it's one of those trades that's very even across the board, kind of similar to the Salcedo-Miles Jones trade where both teams benefit in a big way. And I'm very excited to watch Max Tuttle play with Whip Snakes. I think that addition to the midfield is such – it was it was a need because of the depleted midfield that they had, and it's also one of those things where they are getting a huge boost 
for a guy that could feed to Matt Rambo, that can feed to this offense, that also added Zed Williams in the uh, the entry draft. This Whip Snakes team is going to have a new look to it, and I'm very excited to see how it all works out. Obviously, it's going to run around Rambo, um, but the the way that they're adding players and pieces to this team is very interesting. They're going to have a new look, and I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. You know, uh, I think I think some Whip Snakes fans are going to be surprised you know, at the start of the season because they're so used to seeing a specific play style from the mm-hmm. team. But I think Staggs has it under control. You know, he's the type of guy where he has his system and he's going to get players that can play in his system. So the the product may not change too much, but you'll see some new faces. And, and some things may change a little bit, you know, based off of the personnel he's given. But I think all in all, his system is going to stay and – you know, you'll see the same product from the Whip Snakes. They're still going to be a good team. Yeah, I mean, you're adding Max Tuttle to Jake Bernhardt and Mike Earhart. That's that's filthy because I think yeah. not only is Max Tuttle coming over from Chrome and everything, but uh, like we said last season in his rookie year, five goals, fourteen ground balls for Chrome. Adding him to a group that has those two guys. His game is going to get elevated. He's playing with the league MVP now. I think Max Tuttle is a player to watch next year in terms of just really breaking out and blossoming into a new level of what his talent brings to the table. Mm-hmm. So that's all we got for you guys. Make sure you follow us on the social medias at OTB Laxpod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Dom on Twitter at Wash Lifestyle, and you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Dom, hit them with the Twitch stream link so they know when you go live on the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Squirrelback. That is Twitch.tv slash SQRLBK. Hit me up. I go live almost every day around 8 o'clock. Um, 8 p.m. till about 11, 12 p.m. almost on the daily. So uh, tune in. Don't miss out. We play a lot of games. We play FIFA. We play Rocket League. We play Call of Duty. I've been trying to get some Warzone solos in. Your boy, your boy, got fourth place the other day by himself. So that's not He's too out bad. Here grinding. I'm out here grinding. We've sent the we've sent the challenge to Ryder Garnsey on the show. Ryder's got to come play. Yeah, yo, I gotta constantly keep reminding. He's Ryder. He's got to come through. Come on now. Anybody in the lacrosse world that thinks they got skills at FIFA, because I know true. there's more. I know there's more. I know Paul Rabel would like a like a great Man City <laughs> Liverpool matchup. Um, I'll give Paul Rabel the works on FIFA too. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, CEO, what's up? <laughs> what it do? And uh, you can check out our Twitch stream, Twitch.tv/UndergroundSportsPHI. We got a ton of stuff going on on there as well. And uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Help us boost the review number up because somebody decided to be uh, a wise guy. Kind of a wise guy. And uh, knock the rating down to four and a half out of five stars. And you all know we're a, we're a five out of five podcast. What, what a loser. You know, get it together. Five out of five is what we aim for. Help us get back to it. And... Uh, you know, let us know what you think of Michael Sowers going to Duke. What do you what do you think of how this is going to impact recruiting classes, you know, the the tournament next year, 
draft classes, all that good stuff, and let us know what you think about this Max Tuttle trade as well. Leave it in your podcast review. We'll read them on the show if we think they're good. So that's your best way of uh, getting your questions answered big time. Five stars only, though, because we have standards. We know you do, too. You guys are five-star listeners, and we're a five-star podcast. So help us get back to where we belong. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, we'll be back maybe on Friday with a player interview. Uh, I know we were a little delayed on this episode, but we're, uh, we had to figure some things out with the NFL draft going on. We had draft coverage going like crazy. and um, We're in a quarantine. There ain't shit going on. There's, there's not a lot of news, so... We're working on getting more players that have not been on the podcast before and just linking up with their schedules and you know their workout schedules and everything and getting some guys that have been on the show before as well. So uh, stay tuned, and you can also leave that in your podcast review. Let us know who you want on the show, or you can tweet at us at OTBLaxPod on Twitter. But this has been episode number 126 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Shout out to Design Tree. And Tomahawk Shades, and we'll be back. You know where to find us. And uh, hope everybody's staying safe. Do the right things. Wash your hands. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. For Dom, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. Peace.